0: Okay, people, as always, no begsy, no problem. You know the deal, right? Locked on Canucks, your team every day, back to five days a week, next week. But let's live in the moment, okay? Let's talk about Kuzmenko's summer, how the Canucks may have had a little bit of a a problem with it. Let's also talk to a fan of the show on his experience slash views on these Vancouver Canucks, okay? This guy's been a fan for 40-plus years. And then, who knows? Who knows? Uh, When it's Bowen and locked on Canucks and you, who really knows? Anyways, let's do this. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. It's your Canucks every day. A Speaking of which, uh, we speak a lot of truth to that. Again, starting next week. In in the summer, in parts of August, we've only been giving you, what, three days a week? Speaking of which, again, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week on the network. Uh, But where was I? Oh, yeah. We were, you know, given given the opportunity to take a break. Rest our voices. Uh, The season is coming up. And, again, it's your Canucks every day. It starts again next week, Monday to Friday. And pretty much it all starts. It all starts, right? The, uh, the speculation, the assumption, the hype, the hope, uh, the thought of what this year's version of the Vancouver Canucks will bring, right? September, right around the corner, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm also Kyle Bowen. Yes, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N, normally joined by Trevor Bags, but once again, he has chosen his family over you. Uh, where's the boo button? Unbelievable, unbelievable, but also believable at the same time, because it's Begsy, man. The dude is in the moment more than anyone, and I know he's having a beautiful time with the family. It's all good, because we got not only me, we also got you experiencing this with us today, and we also have a fan. Yes, a fan on the program, Jose, talks everything Canucks in a couple of minutes, and I think we're going to do that more often. We have to. ASAP, starting in September, if you want to join the show, uh, let us know in the comments below. We'll, we'll figure out a way to produce a segment for the program in, in anticipation for the new season, and we'll get it ready. Uh, we'll go through the production process together, but when the season starts, we'll actually have the, the production, the name of the segment nailed down, and we'll do it with you. For real, we'll do it with you. Pause. Pause. Anyways, Locked On Canucks, your team Every day, like I talked about earlier, and uh, we got to talk about this, okay? Not because it's a, it's a big deal, because I think, I think we heard it, and if you heard it again for for a second time, I'm not really hearing uh, a problem here. I'm just, I'm just getting a little emotional, okay? Uh, let, let's hear the clip first, right? Dan Milstein with the and Prize talking about Kuzmenko training in Bali. Uh, let's run the clip now.
1: Dan, tell us the whole story on Andre Kuzmenko's summer, what he wanted to do and what you had to do to make it happen and make it all work together with what the Canucks were expecting this summer.
2: Well, uh, obviously, he wanted to be in the best shape of his life. Um, and so uh, we uh, we had to we were put up to, uh, to a task because he was going to visit uh, uh, Bali for a few months and uh, obviously in the country of Bali, there isn't really much happening as far as the uh, on and off ice training. So we got him a uh, one-on-one trainer for the month of June. We had a different trainer for the month of July, and then he came to the United States. He's been in Miami uh, through the last week, uh, training with uh, all the boys at Florida Panthers facility. So it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been quite a summer for our friend Andre. Yeah. What did the Canucks think when he said, I'm going to spend most of my off season in Bali? Oh my God. Uh, they weren't having it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard from the head coach, heard from, from everybody, uh, and maybe perhaps even the janitor too. Uh, so, uh, obviously everyone was concerned, but, uh, I told everybody to take a chill pill we had it uh, under control we've called up the best guys uh, uh the month of june he was uh, training with uh pavel datsuk's uh, uh former uh, uh of uh, uh, the summer's trainer so uh and then in july we had another uh, fella uh who has trained numerous uh, nhl players so we knew he was going to be Um, in good shape and uh, under control the entire summer. So his task was to stay farther from the table and closer to the gym.
0: (laughs) All right, so I didn't hear the word problem, but I heard the word "concerned," And it makes a little bit of sense, not for me, because I really don't care, but for an NHL franchise with some hockey heads, right, that have been around the game for a long time. Uh, They don't really understand slash want to take chances with. The unorthodox. Here we have one of your one of your best players. After not coming to camp in the best of shape last season, telling you that he's gonna train in Bali, it would make a lot more sense for them to work together and find somewhere in North America slash maybe on the West Coast, the best coast of Canada, for that training to take place. But again, Kuzmenko goes to Bali and he's lifting up water jugs and he's running upstairs. But more importantly, he's, he's in great shape, and he's doing it. And I hope there's a lot of confidence in the player. So much so that this is uh, this, this was never a problem, you know? Because uh, we're talking about Andre Kuzmenko. He proved it in the past in the KHL that he was one of the, the best players the best players in that league. And then he came over and for one year right away, he proved everyone wrong. He exceeded expectations. And yeah, there are, there are many improvements needed in his game. We get it. But with all that being said and all that being needed, he still put up 39 goals and is, and was, but more importantly, is one of the most important players on this roster. The dude can help us win Games. I guess what I'm trying to get at is I hope they don't make this more of a problem. I hope he doesn't walk into training camp and uh, he gets pulled into the office and is, you know, hammered slash is asked many questions about what he was actually You you know what I'm saying? Just leave the guy alone. He seems like a pretty fluid individual, a pretty fun individual, somebody that you got to let be so he can translate that type of lifestyle into his game and score a lot of goals let's just trust the fact that he's going to be and is going to be and was being a professional this whole time and doing the most to get better. And let's assume that, that that happened, that he has taken the next step in his game. Let's not hammer the guy. Let him be. Now, if there's a a bit of a slow start, He's not looking as good. Maybe the stats won't look as good right away. The shooting percentage will go down, blah, blah, blah. But if he's still not doing the most defensively, if he's not making improvements in that, that, in that part of his game, then maybe, maybe you can talk to him. But right now, you know, after, after kind of benching him last year at some points as well, let's just, let's just let him breathe a bit. And trust the guy that, again, dominated in the KHL and did so, again, in the NHL and knows what he's doing. Let him have fun. Let him translate that into the NHL. I think it connects for a guy like Andre Kuzmenko. He needs a little bit of personality in his game, and he needs a little bit of freedom. You don't want to tie that guy up too much, if not at all. Let's trust that he's going to be a professional about it. Uh, what else do I want to talk about before uh, we get into that that conversation with Jose? Oh, yeah, Tanner Pearson. I saw that video of him skating. And uh, like, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of practice highlights. Uh, I think it would be pretty naive of me to say he looks good. He looks ready. He's going to be at camp. I don't know. It was a 30-second clip. Uh, that being said, I know it's a it's a dark thing to say, and Begsy's not here, right? The darkest guy on the program. He's not here, but I gotta say it. Even if he is healthy enough to to play again for the Vancouver Canucks, he's not guaranteed anything. And I think when we hear about Tanner Pearson possibly playing for the Canucks this season, we get concerned about the salary cap and how they're going to make it work and who they're going to get rid of to get under the cap before the start of the season. Uh, they might get rid of Tanner Pearson. Uh, the business of sports, uh, the business of hockey in Vancouver, things got to change and it's a lot easier for things to change when you ice your best lineup. And I I, I know uh, the relationship has been rocky and, Pearson is is somebody you got to think about because from what I'm putting together, something went wrong there. Between the Canucks, medical staff, Tanner Pearson, something just seems fishy. But this is not 2021-2022. It's not 2022-2023. It's 2023-2024, a season where Elias Patterson has pretty much made it clear that winning really matters if he wants to sign long-term and sign it all with the Vancouver Canucks. and they got to win now. And to do that, they got to ice their best lineup. So if Tanner Pearson is good enough to play hockey again and he's not on that long-term injured reserve list, I don't think the Canucks are going to be in a situation where they're going to have to make drastic moves to get below the cap. I think they're just going to have to do what they were originally going to do, and that's ice the best lineup and get rid of some guys that are not good enough to be on the team. It's A to B. Speaking of A to B, let's get to the the second part of the show where we talk to Jose about his experiences as a Canuck fan and what he thinks about the core, and if he's going to see a Stanley Cup before he dies. But first, let's shout out FanDuel, okay? Yes, hockey does matter. But the NFL does too, okay? Sundays are that day of the week and Mondays and Thursdays. And again, the NFL is right around the corner and you need to get ready and you need to do so with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, uh, they got something crazy going on. Is this only available to our American people who are watching the show? Uh, that's got to change, okay? Uh, right now, new customers can get up to, what, $200 in bonus bets if they choose to place a 5 Bet and that is guaranteed, and that is crazy. Plus, this is this is nuts, too. Okay, those who choose to bet five dollars, five dollars can get up to what $100 off their Sunday ticket package off of YouTube and YouTube TV. And now is the best time to join Bandu. Okay, the app is easy to use, and you can do everything and anything and whatever you want and more straight up with this app and sports betting, something that. I may have to get into this year, okay? For real. This is the year where I want to buy everyone Christmas gifts in my family and do so responsibly. So, yeah, visit fanduel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, the official partner of the NFL. People, people, before we get back to the show, baby, I got to tell you that new episodes of Locked On Canucks will be available wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all, okay? New episodes every day at 4.20 p.m. Again, wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay, Locked on Canucks. Had to do this because it's Locked on Canucks, okay? I've said it many times. We are all Locked on Canucks, and uh, it's a fan-first show. And Jose offered up to be on the program. How you doing, man?
1: Kyle, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm here at the Locked on Canucks studio. Hey, I feel like I'm in the bat cave, you know, where Batman hangs out and Bruce Wayne. So, this is this is exciting.
0: There you go, man. This is exciting, man, because it's uh, it's always a, a beautiful day when you can talk to another Canuck fan. Because where I've been working over the last couple of years, I barely read, uh, I barely meet, you know, new Canucks fans, and I don't really blame the people because the Canucks haven't won in a long time and they're not exciting to talk about. Maybe I, I'm meeting some closet Canuck fans, p- people who don't want to <laughs> claim that they're Canucks fans. Uh, how long have you been a, a Canuck fan first? Let, let's answer that first before we get into the nitty gritty stuff.
1: Okay, Carl, are you ready? I am. 40, 45 years. Dude.
0: <laughs> Damn. So I, I said, yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into the nitty gritty stuff right away. I'm gonna ask yeah. every Canuck fan this question and it may be dark. But it's one of the questions we all ask ourselves. Do you think the Canucks are going to win a Stanley Cup before you die? <laughs> uh,
1: you, you know, honestly, you, you know what? It, it just goes in cycles, you know? And, and, and Carla, there were three cycles I saw where it came so close. Well, first in 82, right? I was I was like a young teenager back then, and, and um, you got swept by the Islanders, but it was a pretty lunch bucket kind of team. 94, game seven against the Rangers, real close, but unfortunately they didn't win. And then we all know what 2011, right. And, and that went to game seven as well. So we've been close and there's been some good teams assemble. It goes in cycles, Kyle. Like I'm not really a closet Canucks fan because you know what? Hey, I'm, I stick with this team through thinking mm-hmm. more than anything. And yeah, you know, you can kind of debate where the Canucks are and, and whether they're going to make the playoffs this year. But I'm, I am cautiously optimistic based on what I saw in the off season, nothing crazy. Or more practical things that are addressing some of the challenges the Canucks have to actually make it to the playoffs.
0: Man, oh, man. I, yeah, I, I feel as if even though the Canucks haven't given us that ultimate celebration, right, the, uh, the complete, like, level of ecstasy that comes with being a sports fan, but they've also provided for me, you know, being a true Vancouver, right, you know, some of my best memories in life. And, Absolutely. Me too yeah. as well, Kyle. Yeah, so let's talk about that, man. Uh, I'm going to keep it positive for a bit, okay? So yeah. what, was the, what was your best Canucks memory? Like, what's the best goal that you uh, you experienced?
1: Oh, there's a couple. I mean, you know, uh, a, a couple of goals. I, I remember BX's scoring against San Jose, I think, in 2011. That was huge. Burroughs, same thing. I know Burroughs is one of your favorite players, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 94, I mean, when I Trevor Linden, uh, Kirk McLean, uh, mcclay was standing on his head against the rangers as well too in in that final series that they unfortunately lost so there are some great memories i've had of this team and you know like i like i said i mean it goes it, it goes in waves and right now I look at this team mm-hmm. you know the teams i really liked in the past they didn't have a petterson they didn't, they didn't have or you know something similar to a demko um they didn't have, there was definitely not a Quinn Q. So I think it's probably one of the best bang or connects defensemen of all time. There's mm-hmm. some talent on this team. I just think that, you know, the team's got to get a little bit more working and playing as a team that can compete against teams, especially the Pacific Division.
0: No, that's 100% the truth. And I mean, I know that we've been overly optimistic on this show, maybe compared to other shows. And it's really only because of the top tier talent. And you said it best there, you know, I don't think this franchise has ever had a, and Elias Petterson or Quinn Hughes and yep. on that Elias Pettersson note I know we had Henrik Sedin and he was a centerman and he was a Swedish centerman and he won the Hart Trophy and he won the Art the Art Ross and he did his thing and maybe it's pretty disrespectful to say like oh we've never had a guy like Patterson, but Patterson's done this early on in his career whereas Henrik didn't and that's be one of the best players in the NHL not only and he proved it last year like not only the be- one of the best offensive players but just all around and I think the league's gonna really see it this year you know he's got only one year left on his deal before he's an RFA. And there's already been the quotes and more and more people are going to be looking at Patterson and what the Canucks are doing. And maybe more people will watch Patterson and they'll see the points, the goals. I'll, I think he's going to score a lot more goals, but they're going to see the all around game and not to compare him to Bergeron or Datsuk, but I feel as if he's going to be like right away, like this year, he's going to be known as the best two way forward in the league.
1: Totally agree with you, Carla. You know, I mean, I, I watched the Sedins and they came in at 18, but you know, honestly, it took them about five to eight years for them to become dominant players. I mean, if you recall, Kyle, when Elias Patterson joined the Canucks, he already made an impact in his rookie season, right? I mean, the guys outside of that that season, he was, you know, had to struggle a little bit with the injury and stuff like that as well, too. Last past season, he was great. And, you know, I think a lot of people realize this is just the beginning for him as well, too. He's an awesome two-way mm-hmm. forward very responsible and his hockey sense is amazing
0: yeah his hockey sense is amazing his tenacity is on another level and I think it has well it's had us for a while thinking that he was going to be named the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks and I'm not sure if that's going to be the case especially if the team is going to name a captain this year it's probably not best to give it to a guy who doesn't know what's going to happen with this future with the Vancouver Canucks um who do you think is going to be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks
1: Honestly, come my gut says Quinn Hughes, if they actually name a captain. I, I don't think it's going to be Elias Patterson just because of his contract status right now. I could see him have, wearing an A. And I think he's got to wear an A as well, too, because the Canucks need the next generation of leaders. But in his situation, I don't think you can fully name him the, the captain until he signs a new contract. I like J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller kind of reminds you of Ryan Kessler when he wore an A. Kessler was never the captain of the Canucks because... He just kind of had this kind of crazy personality that just was a little bit over the top now. And then that's something you may not want in a captain, but I can see JT as an assistant captain. I think Quinn Hughes is here for the long run. I think he's, he's obviously one of the best players and I think he's ready to do it as well too. And I think Rick talk, has also mentioned that as well.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think it's easy to look at a guy like JT Miller and point as at, at his intensity and his care and his plan on the ice and be like, yo, he's, the loudest guy in the room. He's probably the most vocal. Like, obviously, those two go hand in hand. He's the most energetic, the most uh, emotional. This guy should be the captain. But I don't feel as if he's the right guy to be the guy because the Canucks are still a team on the rise and they're still going to lose games. And the captain has to hold it together when things go bad, you know? And the other two guys, Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, they're the best players on the team. And when that's not like the only trait you need or one of the biggest traits you need when naming your captain, like having the best guy on your team, but it's definitely a bonus when, yeah, the totally best guy good. is also the leader. Yeah. yeah you man.
1: need real good, hot quality players. You, you need someone who isn't just going to say words in the locker room, Kyle, but they're actually could show it on the ice. And a guy like Quinn Hughes, I think is a good balance. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's his time. If they name a, name a captain this season, I think it's gotta be him.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's, Again, a bonus when the captain is your best player, and it, maybe that sounds like a cop-out, but with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, they're going to be good for 81 games. You know what I'm saying? Out of 82, maybe they'll have one bad game. Whereas a guy like JT Miller, you can get emotional, get in his head, get too intense, lose his focus just a bit. Maybe he's only good for 65 games. Yeah. And you can't have your best player, your captain, you know, only being on, on his game for 65 games. Again, Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, we've watched them for a long time. It's rare that you see these guys play bad hockey games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the one thing I will say about both of them, you know, and they've been like this the last couple of years, they're quieter players. I mean, they're, they're not super emotional. Mm-hmm. But you know what, they can back it up with their play. And they're also hardworking, dedicated players. And so, you know, if either one of them was an assistant captain or captain, I'd be super happy. I just think with Elias right now, I think he's doing a wait and see and just trying to understand where this team is going. I know I know the Vancouver market is very concerned about him signing an extension. But, um, you know, you can't blame him. He's gone through a lot of drama, you know, the yeah. last couple of years. And the whole team, I'm sure a lot of the players feel the same way. It's more a wait-and-see thing. I mean, I don't think it's a money thing because I think the Canucks know they got to pay, mm-hmm. um, pay him and pay him well. And I, knew, I know you and Trevor were talking about that the last couple of podcasts as well. It's probably more, for, I think he just wants to do a He to see, make sure this, this organization is going in the right direction and moving towards winning more games.
0: Yeah. And actually doing it. You can say it, but he needs to see it. And yeah, he has to be a part of it as well, but uh, the team just has to show that they're focused on changing things up, not yeah. keeping things the same way. Uh, obviously last year we saw what Alvin and Rutherford saw at training camp. They weren't happy with like conditioning and like how the training camp went and what they were doing and, blah, 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 this time around in September, it's got to start right away. And as much as it is on the players, and I've said it many times, like this is the season where it's on the players. We talked about Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson, this market, the West Coast, the best coast. We gas these guys up. Like they are the best players in the, in, in the league. Like some of them outside of McDavid, Dreisaitl and McCar. They got to back it up with wins. This all being said, I, I just, we talk it here in September coming up and we hear all this talk about, you know, your off season habits just from day one in training camp. Day one in training camp, there just has to be a level of confidence, some change, and I guess what I'm trying to say is this team has to get off to a good start, man. More than ever. More than ever. I don't think they're, they're, they're emotionally too fragile to like come back from deficits. I think that's been pretty evident, and maybe a good training camp can change that, but another thing that can change that is just some confidence off the top and not having to deal with playing catch-up. Like I want to see what a confident Canuck team can look like, I'm not going to say they're going to be the best team in the in the West. They're going to be the next Vegas Golden Knights, but they need to take the next step and they need to do it right away. Uh, how, how do you see that happening? I, I think you mentioned Demko earlier. You even said that they haven't had a goaltender like this guy, which is interesting yeah. to hear because, you know, we had Luongo. Uh, yep. do, you, do you think Demko bounces back?
1: I honestly do. I think the only thing with Demko, Kyle, is, is he is injury prone. I mean, he was injured when he was in Utica. I know he had a couple of concussions. Um, he's had other issues as well. I mean, to be honest with you, last season, he didn't look right to me in the first 10 games. And I think it was related to his off-season surgery last year. Then he got injured again. game. Um, when Demko's on and he's healthy and he's, he's locked in with Ian Clark coaching him from behind the scenes, he's one of the best goalies in the NHL. He's clearly a top five to top 10 goalie. I just don't know if he's the kind of guy that's going to be playing Vasilevsky type numbers every year he needs a decent backup so if you ask me what could go wrong this season for the canucks not making the playoffs i can come up with a few of them but number one is he gets injured Silovs is not ready he's a he's an up-and-coming goalie but he's still young uh we saw what happened with spencer martin kyle right i mean he looked great a couple of years ago but it was on him last season when demko was down he struggled, right? So you're going to see that, and um, that's the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous is I don't see a backup goalie with with more NHL games played at this point.
0: Yeah, and it it kind of ties back to what I was talking about with training camp, you know, and making sure everything is well, and the X's and O's are understood right away, and nobody's nobody's effing around, like everyone's yep. focused, so that when September rolls around, this new decor. Doesn't take 10 to 15 games to get things going. The penalty kill doesn't take 20 games to get it going because everything has to go correct for Demko to also gain some confidence as well. They can't just pin everything on Demko. This has been one of the worst defensive teams in hockey over a large stretch of times where Demko's had to. You know, one reason that why he's looked so good is because he's had to not only be so good but really look good, making highlight real saves all the time. Because the Canucks are just dysfunctional. They they can't have a warmup come October like that. Like I feel as if. October yep. has to start on in the first day of training camp. It's just it's just the truth. And we got to make Damko's life easier. Like, you know,
1: Kyle, when you look back at Luongo, I mean, you know, he made some great saves. He was obviously one of the best goalies in a in Canucks history. But who was in front of him? Kevin Bieksa, Dan Ham Hughes, right? Like Sammy Salo. Even Kirk McLean had some solid defensemen in front of him, right? Dave Babbage, Dana Merzin. If you take a look at who's been in front of, uh yeah, front of
0: so bad. Dr.
1: Demko outside of Quinn Hughes, it's it's been a little bit scary, yeah. right?
0: Oh, of course, our number two defenseman for years was Luke Shedd.
1: <laughs>
0: it's and Luke and Luke Shedd was
1: actually almost out of the NHL about three or four years ago when he was with Anaheim. So yeah, you know he rebounded really nicely, and and I'm happy he's got a new contract. I think he's playing in Nashville now, but uh like he's. <laughs> Probably a number five defenseman, not a number
0: two. So Yeah. And speaking of number two, like, Haronic has to be that guy, too. You know, we talked about Demko. I think Haronic, he's one of those players, unfortunately, in this market, can't have a warm-up. Like, the Canucks can't afford this guy to have, need 20 games to, like, fit into his role and understand, no, it's going to happen right away because this team doesn't know how to win. And they need things to go right for them to win. And I think there's, like, a 10% chance that that does happen. They have the talent. They have the talent. Can training camp and the preseason be executed? Again, can the X's and O's be understood right away? Can the message be communicated efficiently? And can October just be meaningful right away? Um, uh, we, we started this conversation, and I think we're going to end it on, on the same note. Like uh, I asked you if you thought the Canucks were going to win a Stanley Cup uh, before you, you passed away. You know, life happens. Life happens. You know, yeah. we're only here once. We're only here once. Are you – can you, like – not guarantee it, but are you confident in this core? You know, the Patterson and Hughes version of the Vancouver Canucks. Are are they going to win a Stanley Cup together? That's a really tough question, Quill. You, you know what,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think there's a possibility they can, but they've got to make some major changes. They've got to clear up a lot of cap space. Mm-hmm. They probably, they, they've got to develop. The, the issue I have right now with the team They've got more prospects in their system. We've seen that happen. They've got the LeCaramackeys, for example, the Wheelanders. I think the one thing that kind of, I do notice though, is are they, those guys elite, elite, or are they good prospects? Because other teams have really elite prospects that are coming up through their pipeline. The customer are getting better. And I have to say Albines spent some time certainly doing that. They haven't traded away draft picks. If they can add more, and, and I think this is the big thing, and I'll compare 2000, the 2011 team, Kyle, okay? So I remember when Kevin Bieksa came up for Manitoba, Ryan Kessler came up for Manitoba, Alexander Burroughs came up. You know, they just got better. They got better as players. They got older. They, they got more experience. Look at the Canucks, right? So you know what? Pedersen's getting better. Hughes is getting better. I'm really hoping that guys like Pod Coulson, Coulson, uh, even Hoglander. They just they need more maturing. So, yes, I think it's possible. I think they got to clear some cap space. they got to make some better free agent signings. And they need some of their process in the system to actually come up and stick.
0: Yeah, and get better. That was a great note. And, you know, we've been we've been all, you know, keeping an eye on Pod Colson and Huglander. And I hope the expectation is, or, like, I hope the bar isn't just, you know, make the team and have bottom six roles and be tweener, second to third liners. Get better get better but what makes it easier to get better is like the chaos has to end you know no off ice issues and again winning like it's a lot of things to ask for in just one in just like one year you know or and and all these things but i feel as if it has to happen this time around and i may sound so irrational to believe that that's that that's going to happen but all these little things have to be checked off so this team can continue to win or start winning, I'm sorry, so they can ultimately not win the Stanley Cup because this year not they're not winning the Stanley Cup. Our Stanley Cup is impressing Elias Pettersson and keeping that guy <laughs> yeah. because we there could be a trade to be made and assets and the rebuild and blah, blah, blah. But I think the best of Elias Pettersson is yet to come. And it's like borderline, not generational, like I don't that's a strong statement, but. Pavel Datsuk and Patrice Bergeron, like those guys helped win Stanley Cubs. You don't want to get rid of those guys. Those guys stuck around on one team the whole time. And Pedersen is on that boat. So all these little things, again, have to go right. So they can just start winning, compete for the playoffs, compete for the playoffs. Maybe you show Pedersen that, you will know, look, we made round one. We had a good regular season. And that's enough. The city's beautiful. He's He's got homies on the team. He's committed. He likes loves the passion. Maybe that's enough for us to have Pedersen for eight more years, thus giving us eight more years of, possibly, you know, taking the next step and getting getting the ultimate thing ha- You know, get, winning the Stanley Cup, man. I want to, like the more that I want in life is winning the Stanley Cup, man. For real.
1: And we came close, right, in 2011. Oh, right? But later, honestly, I remember when Mike Gillis took over the Vancouver Canucks. I, I can't remember what year it was, 2005, 2006 or something like that. And he inherited all these guys. Like, he didn't trade for Luongo. And he inherited you know, Kessler and BX and Burroughs and all those guys. But they were younger, right? And well, the one thing I remember Gail was talking about was focusing on the team culture, which is kind of something you're talking about. Kyle, exactly. Right? You need that culture. You need these guys to play together as a team, have that actual grit to actually win games, win tough games as well. And they grew, like right? the Edlers of the world, the Yannick Hansen's of the world. It's going to take a little bit of time, right? Puck Olsen's still young. Hoaglander's still young. Quinn Hughes is what, 23? Mm hmm. Patterson's 24, right? It, it, it takes a bit of patience, and that's why I'm not panicking. I've been around and I've watched this team for many years, as, as I told you. It's But at the same time, they're going to need a management team that's going to make sure that they actually shape this team and have the right culture in place.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's going to take time, but do they have time to you know buy themselves more shots at it, a.k.a. impressing Elise Patterson and keeping him uh, – Jose, thanks for talking to us. I have a feeling, you know, this is a long season. It's going to be a long season. We're going to play some meaningful games, and we want to keep we want to keep on the tradition of talking to the fans. So I don't think this is going to be the last time we talk to Jose on Locked On Canucks. Um, anything you need to like, you know, give a shout out to before uh, you leave the program?
1: You know what, Kyle, just really thanks a lot for actually inviting me on on the show as well. too. you guys, you're great. I've been listening to your podcast. It's funny, I listen to your podcast. And then I saw you guys on YouTube as well, too. And you and Begsy are running a great podcast. And uh, I'll continue to listen to you guys and and, and, uh, enjoy your insight. And also, you're fun, too. You guys are a fun bunch of guys to listen to.
0: Oh, thanks, man. You plugged us, man. It's a very kind thing to do. And uh, once again, man, it's a fan-first program. We are all locked on Canucks, and we'll catch you on the other side. Okay, okay. We back here on Lockdown Canucks. It's your team, aka your Canucks, every day. And man, oh man, thanks to Jose for doing that, man. Taking the time out of his day, which is crazy to me. Crazy to me. Because we're just getting started to, yeah, be on this episode of Lockdown Canucks. If you want to join the party, leave those comments, man, down below. Let's get in on the action, right? Have some fun, communicate, banter, do what we got to do. And let's get to talking. Again, DM us if you are interested in participating on an episode of Locked on Canucks. Again, your team every day. Kyle Bowen talking to you. Trevor Begg's not here because he did choose his family over you. But I'm here. And I wasn't here yesterday, okay? Uh, feeling, feeling a little feverish yesterday and didn't want to take the chance and come to the studio and do that to my people, okay? For real. I took the chance to stay in bed and, and watch a lot of TV, okay? I watched something on Ray Charles. I watched something on James Brown. And I think I watched seven episodes of a show called Euphoria. Uh, I never watched an episode before, but I watched seven in a row. felt good. That being said, my back hurts. I don't know if if that's the equation for doing all that. While in bed at the age of thirty, my back hurts. Uh, maybe I need a new mattress. Okay. Remember that jingle, okay? Sleep Country Canada. Why buy it? We need those guys as a sponsor, man. That'd be that'd be a day we we can say we made it here on Locked On Canucks. Where am I going with this? Oh yeah, Comet Corner, uh, the best part of the show. Uh, let's get to it and let. <laughs> then we got to get out of here, okay? Because we're we're running low on time. Again, this is Comet Corner on Locked on Canucks. Welcome to Comet Corner. Powered by paraphrasing.
1: This comment comes from our friend T.
0: I gotta say, I love you guys more than I love my pet dogs Gordo and Pumpkin. I love you guys. Can't wait for you guys to get back to five days a week. All right, people. I get it. Uh, That's a bit of a a self-loathing comment to choose on the greatest segment on the show, the show where it's you first in the segment, where it's also you first, but here I am using a comment that's talking about us. And the only reason I'm really doing this right now, and it wasn't in the cards, it's because of what Jose just did. I gave Jose the spotlight. He could have plugged anything. I think This guy may be in the fragrance industry, right? This guy knows his colognes. He, he could have shouted out his favorite cologne, the one that works, but he chose to shout at us, and it was humbling, man, for real. Because it's been a busy time since March. Uh, The Canucks didn't play a lot of meaningful games uh, because it's March and they haven't done so in a long time. And here we were in April, May, June, July, and August talking a lot of Canucks, assuming a lot. And I don't know if anything was really that meaningful yet. uh, We found a way to get in touch with a lot of you. And I'm super grateful for that. We're living the dream. I've said it many times, the studios, shout out to don't those man, the West coast, the best coast rain city. It matters over here. And, uh, for us to be able to have a chance to communicate uh, whatever it is we're doing here to you is a blessing, man, is a blessing. So yeah, thank you for all the watch time and all, all the uh, the connection and all the conversation. Uh, it's, a, it's a fan first program and it's easy to do this, right? You're Canucks every day, five days a week. We've got a lot of things going on in the studio, but it's easy to do this when it's again with you guys. And this city, this fan base, deserves the best. Speaking of that, man, the city, man, they got the best, right? Drake. uh, Any Drake fans watching this? I'm the biggest Drake fan in the world. Uh, Drake brought out Travis Scott. That's big. Uh, That being said, is there a chance that today he brings out Nickelback or Nelly Furtado? Okay, If he really wants to do the West Coast, the best coast right, you got to bring out one of those two. Because, again, this city deserves the best Hey, shout out to all of you shout out to another episode of Lockdown Canucks your Canucks every day shout out to FanDuel uh, let us know how we did by commenting on the show and giving us a review wherever you listen to this podcast hit the like button and let me get out of your way okay have a good morning a good afternoon a good night you don't know when you're watching this or listening to this but we appreciate it we'll see you tomorrow peace